The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. And a very good morning to all. Ryan Tuberty with you this Tuesday morning. It's the 18th of January 2022. It is a particularly beautiful morning outside uh, if you look at the sky if nothing else the moon has been terrific the moon's a balloon isn't that what David Niven wrote in his book uh, of the same title and it is uh, it's been spe- spectacular the last couple of nights and then this morning you know, the red sky uh, is uh, is very very beautiful and heartening so that's a good start to uh, your morning and just while listening to the news coverage there of uh, uh, Boris Johnson's uh, woes as they continue now and I was listening to it and watching it last night thinking I tell you who I'd, I'd, I wouldn't like as an enemy is Dominic Cummings. I, I, he's somebody I wouldn't like in the long grass looking at shit going, no, I'll swear an oath that you lied to Parliament. And now you have you have the Deputy Prime Minister on doing the rounds this morning and they all feel like suckers been sent out, don't they? Uh, saying, no, there's nothing to see here. This story isn't over yet. And uh, it, it rolls along and... Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak and others are kind of half trying to meet MPs and half trying to plot and half trying to curry favour with the Prime Minister in case he won't go. It's, 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 it's ancient Rome over there at the moment and it is fascinating, no doubt about it, um, to watch. Um, I gave up on a book last night. I, I rarely give up on a book but I, and I was given it a good crack. I, I, I'm fascinated about just at the moment, it seems we had quite a bit of, of books around at the moment about, on the subject of witches and witch hunting. And I mean proper witch hunting. So this book was started off okay and it was it was a, a, a absolutely um, non-fiction. So it, the, the true account of what happened in the 1650s in, um, in Connecticut in America and the pilgrims and they come over and suddenly the witch hunting was coming from the old world. That is to say Scotland where they only last week, I think I mentioned a story where they have been forgiving families who have witches in them because... Uh, the passage of time has, has, has led to this to happen. And yet, I'm, I heard another thing over the weekend uh, that in some parts of America, uh, famous witches' descendants are now reclaiming the witches' names and uh, rather than being embarrassed or upset by it are now saying, no, I want to take them. So it was fascinating. And I saw this book. Now, I did... Uh, the, the, the stup- I, I can be deep down and it can be very superficial. And I saw this book and it looked beautiful in the shop. It's kind of like a salmon pink almost cover on it called The Ruin of Witches and so this looks really good and it wasn't that long so I thought okay so I don't have to get too but for whatever reason it just the, the plane never left the runway do you know that with the book sometimes you just got, it's just what the wheels wouldn't get on with it I know that they put nails in the and they built this and they did that okay the detail's great I love a bit of detail I thought it was going to be like the suspicions of Mr. Witcher you know a, a kind of true crime story but, but with witches and it just so last night I just said I think I kind of cursed at the book aloud, which doesn't happen very often, and said, no, nah, I'm out. I put it down. And what I had got, and maybe this didn't help matters. You know, I'm a big fan of Ragnar Jonasson, the Icelandic writer who wrote all these um, books that got me through the first year of the of the of COVID, um, uh, the Dark Iceland series and so on. And he's had a standalone book about a year ago, and he's a new one out, and um, I heard it was coming out. So I got in touch with him. I said, Give us a, would you send me a preview copy of that so I can get ahead of the of the bunch and sure enough three days later it arrived in my house yesterday Ragnar Jonasson's new book and it's four pals 
heading into the wilds of Iceland. You know, you know where this is going to go. And each chapter is a story from one and the other. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but at the beginning, you know, something horrible happens. And, then go, and I thought, now we're back. And I started reading it this morning and I'm totally in. I can't wait to get back to it. And I thought that's that, that. So it is good sometimes if, if you're, I thought I have another 150 pages of this book. Just get, out, get off the bus and walk the rest of the way or go back and start again. No harm on occasion. Um, and I got to see a film called Licorice, Licorice, Licorice Pizza which is uh, a most unusual film. Uh, but it stars uh, the, the son of Philip Seymour Hoffman, who plays a kind of uh, 15, 15, 16-year-old young lad. It also stars uh, a, a woman called Alana Heim, from, who you know the band Heim, you might have heard of them, and her sisters are in the film too. This is a quirky film. If you don't, if you don't like the word quirky, don't, if, or if that freaks you out or makes you think, I couldn't bear it, don't go and see it. It's got, it's got such a, a terrific um, soundtrack. The acting actually is, is, is wonderfully bonkers. It's an offbeat film, so if you're not into offbeat, you'll hate it. If you like uh, Wes Anderson, you, you're kind of in that vibe, uh, really, but uh, full Americana. Uh, I really liked it. It, it. it took me a few minutes to kind of process, and then I woke up this morning going, no, I really like that film. That's really good. Licorice Pizza. Um, and Cooper Hoffman is, is Philip Seymour Hoffman's son in it. And Alana Heim. It's her first time on acting. I couldn't believe it because she's so interesting looking and super actor on top of everything. Uh, um, yeah, so well well worth a look if that's your bag. You know, if you've got a, if you're, if it's a little off the beaten track. It's directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, who I don't believe is any relation to Wes Anderson, but I think he directed Boogie Nights and the like um, and and then sorry I want to just tell you what I, think, I did a lot of watching and reading yesterday I, the, at the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm was one of the funniest programmes on TV and as I was watching it last night um, Larry David I was looking I'm going so this is because I when I was a kid I used to my, my dad would be falling around the place laughing at Basil Fawlty and now as an adult I also find Basil Fawlty very funny but but Larry David is doing what Basil Fawlty did that is to say, he's sitting there. He can't understand why the world has gone so mad, and why no one else sees it. <laughs> and it's these dated. I, I I have a small list of things that I want to send Larry David, and say this this happened. I think you should do this in your show. And I like I have a list of about ten things. Sometimes I come in and I'm, I'm waxing on to the to the guys upstairs saying I had a total Larry David day yesterday and, and, and I'd explain and then I, it'll add to the list of things I want to anyway in the middle of this episode last night of the current season I hear the thickest Irish accent uh, as one of the actors comes in he's playing a sort of stage hand a props guy uh, dealing with an obnoxious actor who's looking for a pair of glasses from the props department and the guy's got you know proper Dublin accent in the in, having the chat with uh, with Larry on the program, and I thought fair play. Uh, I'd heard about him, but I hadn't seen it in full flight. And when I saw it, I thought good on him. Uh, so we uh, did a bit of digging to read around who he is and what it was. So his name is Glenn Kyo, and Glenn Kyo is from Blackrock in Dublin, as it turns out, and he plays Stan in this season of um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. And uh, then you look at his, and he's been in the recent Spider-Man film, which I've been meaning to see and dying to see. And he's been in um, the, 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 just a heap of films. But it's a, he's obviously a bit pirate actor in some ways. I haven't seen him in any. But just whoever Glenn Kyo is, he's not, not somebody who's been on my radar, but I wish him well. And uh, I thought he was great last night. Do, do you want to see him, hear him in action? Here he is in, in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Put these in the mail, please. 
That's it. They're the ones, Eddie. In the maybe pile. In the the maybe pile. But the maybe is here. We're going to find him. Just give me one moment. Hey. One moment. We're going to find him. Larry, you can't do it. Can't walk with that kid. It's driving me nuts. All right. That's a little flavor of it. But he he didn't hide his accent. I like that. Apparently, they wanted somebody with an English accent to play the part, but they couldn't have gone much further than uh, Glenn Kyo. So hats off to you, Glenn, and well done. Flying the flag over there. I really enjoyed that. Uh, well done. Okay, that's Kirby and I, I love... The reason I like the picture uh, from Don McMonagall in the back of the examiner today because it shows Lavinia Murphy from Tralee checking her bait uh, as she attempts to catch the first salmon of the year on the opening day of the salmon season uh, on the River Lawn near Beaufort in County Kerry. And the only reason I mention this is that as soon as I saw the rod and the bait and the river, I thought, I want to be there. Uh, and it's a good sign at this time of year that the fishing season sort of um, certainly salmon is opening. So uh, if anyone needs any help with uh, packing a bag or making a sandwich, I'll, I'll join you on the boat someday soon. Get in touch. <laughs> I can't wait to do a bit of that. It's lovely. Because of COVID-19, children are developing a condition called paras. Parosmia, parosmia, which is putting them off food. Did you know this? Putting you off food, with many finding it difficult to eat at all. Parents are advised to keep a food diary to help them recognise the condition. And for those with the condition, chocolate can smell like petrol. What a desperate thing to... And lemon can smell like rotting cabbage, of all things. Uh, Parosmia is thought to be a product of having less smell receptors working, which leads to only being able to pick up some of the components of smell mixture. But in the last few months, particularly since COVID started sweeping through classrooms last September, they've become more and more aware that it's affecting children too. That's a a nasty side product of the COVID story. We spoke to uh, the, do you call him, would you call him a muralist? The man who makes the murals? Uh, Asbestos is his name and his uh, mural on South Main Street in Cork has been featured in the Street Art City's Top 100 Lists and if you remember, it's this stripy jumper as a person with a, like a, a like a a brown box on his head, shaped like a house with a sad face on it. It's really really good, very effective, and it's uh, got a lot of praise since its completion as part of the Ardu Street Art Project in 2021. And he it's now eligible to be voted for as the best piece of street art in the world. So well done, Asbestos, and thank you to uh yaycork.ie is what they incite here that, that uh, shared the story with us in describing the piece at the time uh, asbestos explained it was the expression of the housing crisis uh, I painted this figure wearing a cardboard box on his head to start a conversation with the public about what home means to them as a country we are currently in an existential crisis over housing and our need to put a roof over our heads and sure enough that's the piece and it was really really good um now, 51551 is the text number, so a couple of texts on that. Uh, disappointing, says uh, Neve, that you found the book about witches so dull. It had been on my list of r- must-reads, but I agree about not suffering through a book. I loved the TV series of Zadie Smith's White Teeth. I got halfway through the book before Christmas. It was so slow and weirdly detailed and so boring. I've just given up. Life's too short to waste it on a tedious book. So I'm reading Kiss Myself Goodbye by Ferdinand Mount instead, and I can't put it down. You see, that's there's always a... B- if a book is, if you, if you find yourself oh, just w- trudging through quicksand intellectually, if you like, it is uh, terrible. So that because there's always a better book sitting there going, try me, I'm I'm, I'm good, and uh, sure enough, that's what happened to me. Good morning, right? Good morning, Anne in Dublin 13. Maybe not so good to curse a book about witches. Yeah, but oh, well, I didn't curse it. It just wasn't for me. I mean, I didn't curse. I promise. 
On the Salem Witch Trials, says Peter Rathgar, uh, read a book called A Delusion of Satan of Satan by Francis Hill, a great and well-written account of the atmosphere and happenings in 1692. I'll take a note of that, Peter. Thank you very much. Um, I was asked lately if there were other shows in the curb genre. One Foot in the Grave came to mind. A downbeat classic, says Dave. I never saw One Foot in the Grave. I know what you're talking about, but I never watched it. Um, my husband and I visited Salem, oh really, and the Witch Museum there on our honeymoon. Well, <laughs> that's a honeymoon over 14 years ago. And I bought a book on the subject of which one's called The Devil in Massachusetts. And I'm quite interested in the subject, but the book has been on the shelf since. Yeah, it seems to, I just feel there's, it's a bit like the, the Greek myths got a big run out in the last couple of years. And I think witches are on the, on the, um, the zeitgeist at the moment. There seems to be a lot of talk about witches and witch hunts and what they mean and they're in the, uh, what they said about society at a given time. Um, didn't know Prime Ministers were meant to be perfect, says a text. The Downing Street comedy is keeping me going since my dad died last week. I'm sorry to hear that. Plus, started Peaky Blinders. And I'm build, building up to read again. Sally Rooney's Beautiful World is on the summer list. OK, good on you. So you've got it all going on. And Peaky Blinders is due back the final season. I think it's the final season. Although I do see as well that uh, Stephen Knight, who created it, uh, has adapted a stage version of it in collaboration with the dance company. How about that? A theatre show inspired by Peaky Blinders set to premiere in the West Midlands. Uh, Peaky Blinders, The Redemption of Thomas Shelby will open in September at the Birmingham Hippodrome followed by uh, London and a UK tour. So there you go, just so you know. So you know that is all happening. Uh, now, we have, of course, talked to talk about the Eurovision this morning as we have um, the... Well, just in case you didn't know what's happening, on the 4th of February... We will be featuring essentially the Late Late Show Eurovision Song uh, National Song Contest uh, where you, along with uh, juries, will decide on who will represent Ireland in the Eurovision 2022 in Turin in Italia. So we've heard two songs so far. We're going to hear one today, another one tomorrow and complete the sextet by Friday. Uh, This morning's song is from Janet Grogan. Now that uh, name that might be familiar to many of you, um, it is a song called Ashes of Yesterday and Janet Grogan is a singer-songwriter from Dublin and she was performed in the Eurovision as a backing vocalist in 2016 and 2018 so she has form and she enjoyed multi-platinum success as a writer and performer in Europe especially Germany and she became uh, she was known as a female vocalist uh, the female vocalist rather on German megastars Javier uh, Naidu's most popular release to date and so she was also on X Factor and uh, made it to Sharon Osbourne's home in LA. So she she, she knows showbiz, uh, Janet, in fairness. Uh, this song is composed by Aidan O'Connor, John Emile and Sandra Wickstrom. It's called Ashes of Yesterday. And like I said, I'm, I'm bringing myself to this like you are. This is my first time hearing these songs. I didn't listen to them before. Uh, so I'm because I, I wanted to hear them going out as live as we are now. Um, so this is song three. Uh, see what you think of it and you're all the jury now so here is uh, Ashes of Yesterday Run away, run away Try to act like everything's okay Take the pain, feel the shame Try to shout but all in vain Push it down so used to hide in pain now 
There it is, song three, and that is Janet Grogan and Ashes of Yesterday. And um, uh, people suggesting there's a nice feel of Emily Sande off that, and why not? Um, there's nothing wrong with that at all. So well done to her and her songwriting team. And that is song three. So tomorrow we'll have song four by a singer by the name of Brooke. Um, but that is, as I say, song three for today. So well done to Janet Grogan for that. Okay, we have our first guest of the morning standing by with a great old story, actually. We'll see after this. Um, now, um, before we say goodbye, uh, I do want to mention Ashley Murphy this morning and the fact that uh, the funeral mass for the late school teacher herself, Ashley, will take place uh, in Offaly, as, as you probably know, uh, just uh, an hour and six minutes away from, from today. It's going to be a um, desperately sad uh, occasion and the funeral mass will be broadcast on the RT News channel because I know a lot of people who would love to be there in some shape or form. You can be in a manner of speaking by watching that. And I know that uh, children around the country are going to be uh, do a very beautiful thing by observing a minute of silence in Ashling's memory uh, also uh, just in just a little over an hour's time. Um, I We mentioned um, on the Late Late Show, of course, Ashling, and we mentioned uh, Sinead O'Connor and John Lunny's son, Shane, and, and who had also uh, passed away. And the musicians wanted to mark that um, desperate story also. And I had occasion to speak to Sinead at some length on Saturday. And um, she's doing uh, as well as can be possible under the circumstances. But she very uh, thoughtfully sent uh, a song to us here last night or in the early hours of this morning. Uh, that she wrote about her son uh, about two and a half years ago, and she said you can play it if you like. It's 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 nice and it's it's a it's a rough edit as she calls it. It's called Horse on the Highway, and I listened to it this morning, and and it's 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 actually a very beautiful song, and Sinead is grieving. The Murphy family are grieving today, uh, and the country is grieving today. And I just felt that um, this song, as as Sinead's suggestion, would be. Uh, Quite a quite quite a song to play, uh, as we say goodbye to you today on this day of days, um, because it's a song about grief and it's this a song about the loss of a child, uh, gone too soon. This is horse on the highway. Thank you for listening this morning. We'll see you tomorrow. Last night I dreamed I was on fire. The flames around felt oh so real to me That's what your shining presence is to me Tuberty Show. Listen back on the RTE Radio Player.